0: What's up, homies? I'm doing double dip today with a double dip today with Dan Z. We just discussed our March Madness picks with the homie Grayson Weir. And now we are back to discuss golf. The 2023 Valspar Championship, wrapping up the Florida swing and the PGA tour before these fools head to Texas for the WGC match play. I actually hit Enos last year, uh Dan by taking Sam Burns to go back to back. So I have a defend. I have a, a title to defend as well.
1: Yeah, I actually know Sam a little bit. I'll text him and let him know that you know both of you guys are are defending here. Oh,
0: he's <laughs> we should he's meet two up for, Defending, yeah, we should meet up for breakfast and discuss our strategy.
1: Which is funny because I will actually be in Tampa uh, starting tomorrow. We, uh, my buddies and I, uh, one of my buddies is uh, getting married, and we're going down to Florida for a little golf weekend. And we had talked about going to the Val uh as part of the trip. And ultimately decided that we'd rather play another round of golf than watch a round of golf. And if this was an elevated event, for sure we would be there. But with it not being an elevated event, it was kind of like, it's kind of far too. Like it's not quite, it's like outside of Tampa, like up to the northwest. So it's a bit of a hike and I was like, eh. But I just want everyone to know that we are enough of a fan that as part of a bachelor weekend, it was in heavy contention as something to do this weekend.
0: Falspar's look, he got a pretty good feel, though, despite it coming it's on the heels yeah, of two yeah. back-to-back uh, or two elevated events.
1: It's not terrible because they're in the Florida swing, right? Like, most of these guys are there. So it's like it's, you know, it's not too far from where the players was. So for a lot of these guys, it doesn't require a ton of travel. I think we talked about this last week, re the Travelers Tournament, which Justin Thomas just committed to, by the way. So he will also be in Connecticut this summer. Let's go. Um, I can give him shit about just totally boning me for the players championship and I will. Actually my my uh my go to thing um at the Travelers is to after a golfer, a pro golfer hits a shot to tell him they're gonna like that spot. And it, I, I followed Tony Fina around all day and after at least eight of his shots, I was like, Tony, you're gonna like that spot, buddy. You're really gonna like that spot. Did he ever acknowledge you? Uh he laughed at like the third one and then I think by like the fifth he's like get this dude away from me please. (laughs) (laughs) but everyone always says like like it's always like get in the hole you know like it's always the same i wanted to come up with something that was and then my friends and i would joke because i played tpc so i'd be like tony i bet i've been it i've been in that spot but you're gonna like it you're gonna like it there that's actually where i would have hit my that's what i would have (laughs) done
0: dude i heard some guy yell baba Booey" after every scotty Scheffler shot that's what i'm saying
1: like all the golf stuff is so overplayed. The Baba Bowie yelling "Get in the hole!" Like it's all it's all super overplayed. But you're not going to find anyone but Dan Z yelling. You're you're going to like that spot, Tony. You're going to like that spot a lot.
0: Well, unfortunately, Tony is not in this field.
1: <laughs> He's not, and so you're not even your going to be at the story. Valspar. So, no, I'm not. That was a really that was a useless tangent.
0: It's all good. That's kind of what we specialize in here. Unfortunately, I'm not specializing in giving out golf picks because I. Lost well, for a fourth week. straight week last week. Um, now, when I'll you say you
1: lost, you mean like your unit, like negative units, like everything coming because you make so many freaking golf bets.
0: Yeah, I went. I was minus one point two five units, which
1: I guess. How many fair. units do you typically wager on a on a golf tournament? Would you say mm,
0: eight or nine? Okay. Yeah, I mean, the last two weeks I've lost five unit each. So this one was a step in the right direction.
1: And you know, I don't think we've talked about this. Like how do you do you know, cuz golf's different than like usually it's a one unit play like oh, spread, you know, -110 minus -110. 110, minus 110. But when you're picking outrights, like what is your strategy as far as units on outright winners?
0: I'm still trying to figure it all out and optimize it. Um the way I've been going about it is um I'll put a half unit on Like, I'll put a half unit on Justin Rose this week since he's the most expensive golfer I'm betting on at plus 2,000. Um, And then I'm going to bet...
1: That's a lot, though. A half a unit on a 20-to-1 outright?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that indicates some confidence to me, unless I'm reading that wrong.
0: No. No, that's, that's fair. I don't have much of a justification to be confident considering how I've been for the past month. But I really like Justin Rose. He pops on my model, and I'm... I felt like I was betting too few units when I was running hot and then I'd try to increase it. And now that I'm running cold, I should probably scale it back. But like, I don't know. I feel as though I'm going to bet my way out of this. So I'm going to just continue forward. And then if I go negative into my balance at that point, I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm well, not going to keep running on- into a wall.
1: So, based on your math, if you're betting eight or nine units, you know, half a unit on Justin Rose at 20 to one is a 10 unit. Like, that pays for the rest of your tournament. Everything – if you hit that, everything's profit from there.
0: Sure. I'm going to do
1: – Is that how you look at it or no?
0: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, I find four or like, five do you look, golfers l- – let,
1: let me rephrase that. Yeah. Do you like your outrights to come out – if you hit an outright to be about your unit count for the entire tournament? Like, in that – Like in that scenario we just talked about, like I said, Justin Rose would be a ten unit hit. So if you had someone at forty to one, would you do a quarter unit to also hit? Like you try, do you do it that way where it's like forty to one? I'll do a quarter unit because I'm trying to hit ten units if I hit an outright.
0: Pretty much, yeah. I'm looking to hit fifteen units per golfer backed roughly. So I bet half a unit on him at plus twenty two hundred. It's now plus two thousand. I'm betting a quarter unit on him to top five at plus five hundred and another half unit on him to top 10 at plus 250. I don't think but that's put, 15 units, but...
1: You put a bigger unit on him outright than top five? I did, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And Sorry, it, I just... No, it's not it's, something we've talked about, and it's worth getting into.
0: Absolutely, and I, I got to be honest, This is this is a strategy I'm still working through. I don't really... I'm gonna actually start reaching out to like golf handicappers that I read often to like pick their brain. Like how do you go about it? Because like I should get
1: one of you should get one of them on this show instead of my dumbass.
0: <laughs> well, I like talking golf with you. I just like shooting the shit with you, and that's like the most important thing with the podcast in my opinion. Um because some of these guys can just kind of talk over my head about this stuff or I would tangent the podcast with so many questions that I have about their strategies. But my yeah, thing is would, like... That
1: could be okay. A good interview would be great.
0: Yeah. My thing is... I don't ever want to bet a golfer outright and not win money if they top 10. That's pretty much how I, I, I always look at it, right? Because it's a it's 144 golfer field. It's really effing difficult to pick the winner. So I'm finding four guys that I can bet, and if they all top 20 or, in Justin Rose's case, top 10... I'll, I'll profit on that golfer. Right. Um, obviously I'm looking to hit an outright so I can really bring home some money, but, um, anyways, moving through the, uh, the course real quick. It's, it's Enos book, excuse me, copperhead course. It's a par 71 over 7,300 yards. What I thought was most interesting about the research of this course is apparently the course superintendents are pissed. Sam Burns has been bullying this course over the last two years and they've made it a lot more difficult. They've grown the rough out by three quarters of an inch. I guess they trimmed the intermediate or the uh, fringe area around the greens to put like the rough out around the greens and more uh, in play. Um, so, I focus a little bit more on scrambling and bogey avoidance than otherwise. I also focus a little more on sh- stroke scan around the green. Obviously, a lot of my model isn't going to be built on approach since, you know, I feel like every course breakdown I read, they say it's, a, it's either a second shot course or a positional course. It's like, yes, every course, like your iron play is the most important. So, I have a lot of iron play in my model.
1: Bro. To steal this from Grayson if if someone's irons get hot they can make a run here
0: <laughs> yeah I was I was thinking about what, what Grayson was saying when we were doing our March madness about Ben Griffin who I'm going back to the wall with like if Ben Griffin played the third and fourth <laughs> round like he did the first and second I would have cashed a plus 2500 or uh, 250 to one shot um
1: but that was a tough one for you i I felt bad because I mean, that was a great pick and he played well and just, but I mean, that's what happens when you pick those long shots, right? Like it's a long shot for them to put together four rounds of good enough golf to win a, a win. not, I was going to say a major tournament, like, you know what I mean? Not no, major. in the, it's the fifth it's, major. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Right. But like a big tournament with those kind of heavy hitters, like it's hard to put together. I mean, you found that out even with not guys like Ben Griffin, um, I'm trying to like, not that Minwoo Lee's, I'm trying to find a better example, but like Minwoo Lee just, fucking fell apart on Sunday, man. Like the course was there for the taking. There were some, some high scores, um, some low score shot. And Minwoo Lee just couldn't do anything and just took himself out of contention.
0: Yeah. He clearly can't play in the wind yet. Cause when the wind picked up in the mid afternoon, he got nuked. I, I mean, the pressure obviously had something to do with it. Going playing the same group as Scotty Scheffler, who just an absolute alpha right now. You know, it, it was just not a spot that Minwoo Lee was, going to win most times
1: i'll talk myself up a little bit um i gave there out scheffler will. as i said uh, if i'm gonna outright one of the big three it's for sure scheffler i liked him at 12 to 1 uh, he did go on to win um wait did you pick out... him
0: in the one and done pool too
1: i did yep um nice. i i gave out hadwin as a long sh- adam hadwin as a long shot he finished uh tied for 13th so if you you know, top 20 to him, he hit there. So did Russell Henley. The other long shot I gave out, the only misses I really had, uh, Justin Thomas just absolutely let me down for sure. He let both of us down really. Um, <laughs> yeah. he won money
0: or er, he lost and won money for you because we had, a, I had him over right. Scotty Scheffler head to head versus you. You won that. But
1: oh yeah, I smoked. Yeah, we should talk about how I smoked you in head to heads this lap this past. Yeah, week. you
0: went two and zero, oh, and we avoided the, the the third one. Rom over Rory when Rom unexpectedly dropped out because of a stomach bug, uh, entering round two. But yeah, you got the he, he bruised me up in our head to heads.
1: I mean, Keegan really let you down with that uh, eight, that despicable eight that he shot while still being Keegan Bradley. So I was glad to see it because I hate him, dude. Uh, he I— showed-
0: so I listen to so many golf betting podcasts, and I guess the term that is that we saw to Keegan is Keegan going full Keegan. Yeah, Apparently, it, he's known for having a first round lead and then missing the cut.
1: <laughs> yeah, he he has blow ups dude. Like he just absolutely loses his mind. He was out there playing by himself. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. It'll happen occasionally. A guy wants a rule, a ruling, but usually not the weekend. way. Probably. Um, usually not the way he did. it. Like he hit his tee shot into the water and I think he was arguing that it crossed the, you know, at some point it crossed. And so he wanted to drop farther down the fairway and both of his playing partners were like, no, it didn't dude. Like it was on 18 and he hit it into the water, like shot track showed, Like it was in the water. It never left the water. And he was like, it did leave the water. And his playing partners both were like, it didn't. And we're, we're not standing here. Like it didn't. Just, just re-tee, like like everyone else is doing. So many people hit the, their tee shot in, in the water on 18. Uh, who did it? Oh, Aaron Wise did it three times in a row. He teed. He hit yeah, he went 10 four, He hit four tee shots because he just kept whatever. So Keegan is like, no, it crossed. And his playing partner's are like, well, we're out of here. So he, like, waits for a rules official who's like, it's not up to me. Like, if your playing partner say it didn't cross, it didn't cross. Like, there's nothing I can do. Um, I... So anyway, eventually he's like – he just is forced to re-tee. Like 10 minutes later, his playing partners finished the hole without him. They just played the rest of the hole, finished it. So Keegan plays the eighth hole on his own – or the 18th hole on his own. Eventually he hits his tee shot into the woods. He ends up going over the green with his approach. Then he chips it back over the green with his around the green. Then he chips it up two putts. Like it's just a disaster, and it was – so funny to watch it was so funny to watch this dude by himself just like chip it over the green and then have to like walk up but then bro he's lining up for his putt for quad bogey it's a two-foot putt and he's still doing his keegan bradley like take one step gotta make sure there's no there's no slope dude it's two feet hit it straight hit it hard it's in like what are you doing god that guy sucks don't bet are you betting on him this week because i might leave
0: I'm not going to bet on him this week.
1: Good. Do not I, bet on
0: him. I can't go back to the, well the Keegan, but I know he's probably going to play well since I don't have money on him. That's kind of usually how it works, you know? Um, we went head to head. I took Bradley, you took Fitzpatrick. They both missed the cut. Fitzpatrick finished plus three, Bradley plus four. Um, Bradley, I think went plus six in the final or in the round two. So it was an ugly beat. Um, and now while, while we're on it, I, uh, my best golfer was Hideki Matsuyama, who went nuts in round four. Really played well throughout the entire tournament, except for round one. He ended up getting fifth. Um, I profited plus 2.56 units on him. I hit Hanley over horse in a head-to-head. Jason Day uh, tied for 19th, so I ended up pretty much breaking even with him since I bet him outright top five, top ten. Ben Griffin, triple bogeyed, 18 to fall from 13 to T35, losing my win, top 10, top 20 bets on Ben Griffin, that hurt. Will Zalatoris somehow made the cut and just completely no-showed the entire tournament. I don't really, I don't know, I didn't watch a lot of Will Zalatoris because he sucked, but he did make the cut and had, I think, the second worst score out of all the... The, the players or golfers that made the cut
1: so Third, yeah he finished just ahead of sahith bigala and kevin kisner
0: so minus 1.28 a unit performance for me and the players all good though i feel strong about this tournament i feel i'm very happy about how hideki ended um the players because i like hideki I know I'm going to be betting Hideki, and the fact that I'm profited off of him again just makes me feel better about knowingly betting him in the future. And did you watch any of the final round from Hideki? Oh, yeah. That fool was walking in putts. He was feeling it. Like, he was feeling it. I knew that Scotty Scheffler was going to put up a minus 15 at the minimum. He ended up winning with minus 17. So even when Hideki was minus 12, I was like, ah he's going good, but he needs to get to 16 to even have a chance. Um, I'm just happy that he rallied and like, he looked like a former major champion out there, at least in the final round. So that's good. But all right, let's talk about the picks that I have here. Um, and any picks that you might have, but I'll start with my first of my four guys. And I'm back in here at the Valspar, Justin Rose. Uh, he's got the had the fifth best odds to win this week at plus 2200 when I bet him still does but it's down to plus 2000 he's the number one uh, golfer on my power rankings he won at eighteen t Pebble Beach last month six last week at the Players 18th at the Farmers um, I think Farmers is somewhat the Torrey Pines course is somewhat comparable to Enosbrook just because of the difficult fairways to hit they narrowed the fairways this year they made the rough, more long, and penal, so the fact that... Is it? It's Innisbrook. What do I say? Ennis?
1: Yeah.
0: All right. I don't know how okay. to pronounce things.
1: Well, I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy. Like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Ennisbrook. No, Innisbrook. I'm done. I've only Innisbrook. ever heard it called Ennisbrook.
0: <laughs> All right, let's call it Ennisbrook. Um, he's first in my stats model over the last 36 rounds. He's 17th in strokes gained putting on Bermuda over the last 24. I mean, he kills it in... Difficult scoring conditions. He kills it in wind. Um, and I have Justin Rose as the the, the best golfer um, heading into this tournament. So I like his value at 2,000. The names ahead of him, Justin Thomas, Alpha, Jordan Spieth, who I like, Matthew Fitzpatrick, reigning U.S. Open champion, plus 1,400, and then the reigning Valspar champion, plus 1,800, uh, Sam Burns, plus 1,800. So my first look is Justin Rose. How do you feel about Jay Rose? You've been following golf a lot longer than me.
1: Um, I hate that commercial he's in. It's really stupid. Um, oh,
0: okay. Is there a golf commercial you do enjoy? Like, forgiveness. I hate it.
1: Yeah, that I one's hate bad. it. I, that's a good You know, I kind of like the one they're doing now with Ricky and the female golfer that they're going to pair up. And she, he's like, hey, you think about our team colors? And she's like, we're not wearing orange, Ricky. Like I think that's funny, and they like kind of making fun of Ricky wearing like bright colors and stuff. Um, that one's all right. I'm trying to full dresses like, no. like a highlighter. Yeah, and that's the joke, and he makes fun of that, and that's part of the reason I love Ricky. By the way, um, mm-hmm. that one's okay, but yeah, you're right. Golfers, a lot of the top golfers, especially, just like don't have very good personalities that play well on like in that set. Like that's why Fowler's commercials funny because Ricky's kind of affable like kind of aloof but like you know morikawa's got a great smile but he's like not particularly interesting they did they, they've they been doing these on-course interviews you've been watching these where they'll put the earbud in the guy's mm-hmm. ear and like literally go with him for an entire hole and like they did it with morikawa and like he was he seems like a really nice guy but just like i was like this isn't really adding anything <laughs> like it, you know so like all these like Scheffler's not particularly interesting like Hovland. I mean, Justin Thomas is I mean, Spieth is probably the guy, right? Like Because yeah, but even his even his like what makes Spieth interesting is he just he says everything out loud that he's thinking about golf, which is interesting to listen to, especially if you like golf, like, you know, when he explains to you how, exactly what he did wrong on that shot. But it's not like necessarily like fun or funny or like would 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 make for a good commercial unless he had some fun with it. I don't know. He might take himself a little too seriously.
0: There's really no one's personality in golf who I think is like that. Like no one's cool in golf, unfortunately or fortunately, whatever. So so
1: DJ was cool. I DJ is
0: very cool. Like
1: DJ's, DJ's cool the man. And like his rivalry, well, him and Kept his rivalry with Bryson because he's such a nerd and like such a dork. Have you ever watched like, Moneyball? The the movie. Red movie?
0: Yeah. yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. All right. Cool. I like when the scouts are like talking about like the minor uh, league player. Yeah. Yeah. Guy with the <laughs> ugly with ugly girlfriend. girlfriend. No confidence. Or or the guy who walks in the room and his dick has been there for ten minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Dustin yeah. Johnson. That's <laughs> exactly. That's definitely DJ. And so he. Was, but that's that's what sucks about live, right? Like they took some of those better guys, like DJ, and and Brooks had his own thing. Like Brooks was cool too. Like he was. Yeah. Brooks was that like. I'm I'm too cool though. Like at times it was like we get it, dude. You're better than everyone. But he also didn't t- like he would you know go back and forth with Portnoy on Twitter, Dave Portnoy from Barstool, and be like, I'll beat you left handed. Like so, dude. The line
0: is on this side, the good side is Brooks Kepka, and this side is Bryson DeChambeau. It's Bryson. For and sure. They they don't supposedly don't like each other, and they're not kind supposedly. Of, it's been yeah, well yeah, yeah, documented. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Brooks said it on, on national TV. <laughs> he, like, rolled his cool- eyes like, I hate that
1: guy. There's that. Yeah. So he's getting, I remember that he's getting interviewed by like golf channel and like just Bryson walking by like talking to his caddy. He's just like, you believe this shit? <laughs> like middle of an interview. He's like, you believe this shit? Listen to this.
0: I hate this guy.
1: <laughs> I hate this guy. <laughs> That's so good. Um, but golf misses that. Like Bryson, I miss Bryson because he brought something to the table. Like, he's weird. He wasn't very well liked, but it gave golf a villain because he was good and he was doing this thing that no one else was doing. Like, I'm just going to pound driver. It didn't really work because, you know, people kind of figured it out. Whatever. But I don't know, man. Like, I miss it. I miss it.
0: I miss the live guys for sure. I mean, Cam Smith doesn't have that, like, explosive a personality,
1: but he's my favorite golfer to watch. Oh, he's a ton of fun. When he's on, dude, he's...
0: Yeah. I'm not gonna...
1: miss like his irons of when he is on those, irons, like you just feel like, like the shots going inside 10 feet. Like there's just no question. It's just going to be inside 10 feet.
0: The thing about him is just like,
1: he's, he's going to make that putt. He's he obviously
0: putt. the best putter. And like, just, I don't know. In my head to say that specifically or confidently about a golfer Is still like super impressive. Like, it's just like, and you
1: know what I like about him? He's the best putter, and he doesn't do anything like he doesn't do the Keegan Bradley routine. He doesn't have the super long, like, he puts normal. He holds it like a golf club. He doesn't take a super long time. He just like looks at it, goes, okay, I got it, and then just hits it like a golf ball. The
0: whole, I've
1: always,
0: the whole putting experience isn't long, but I like where he looks at the hole longer than every other player.
1: That is his thing. You're right.
0: But it's not. He's not sizing it up. He's not looking at it. like the whole. I think the he whole said he visualizes
1: it. Yeah, like, I, this, I'm visualizing this ball going in that hole.
0: The whole process isn't fat, isn't slow. But that one part, he just looks at it for longer than everyone else. And yeah, that's what it is. He's visualizing it going in. I love that dude's game. I'm probably gonna be on him at the Masters. Um, but moving along, those in guys the-
1: are those guys are gonna be so hard to handicap. Cause we just like really haven't seen them and we don't really know what to make of like live stats. Right. Like we don't know yet what to do with them.
0: They're not even that readily available and why I'm not, I don't even really care because it's not, you're not playing defense in golf. Right. Like you don't have to like, you're not going from like the ABA to the NBA. You're not going from like non-contact to full contact. It's just like, this guy, if he wants to play at Augusta, he can, right? <laughs> like, like He can go play if he wants, you know? He can go play at the same courses in his off time and get the same prep. You just don't have the trending data. I don't know. That might be a real sucker thought process. I just don't see any reason to back off Cam Smith in his prime, you know? They do uh next look that i got here justin so do you know anything about him could be Su.
1: i'm backing him and it is beautiful
0: so so i read a little bit about him and i'm drinking the kool-aid you know this fool was the 2019 pack 12 golfer of the year and it was did like know that apparently he was like part of like The four, uh, it was him, Colin Marikawa, Victor Hovland, and Matthew Wolf were all like the best golfers in that era, and all of them came out and won PGA Tour um, events like in their first year or two, and he dealt with wrist injuries and kind of became the forgotten man, but he's hes killing it lately. He had to win the Corn Ferry Championship last year to make the tour, and he missed the first three cuts of the season, but he's made 11 straight cuts. He's finished fifth at the Honda Classic, which is probably the hardest or one of the hardest tracks on the uh, PGA Tour. Um, he um, he was sixth at the Players' Championship this last week, 24th at the owner Palmer. So he's trending up and playing really well, the Florida Swing. I also think him being a debutante at this course kind of gives him an advantage because – I think it's going to be shocking for some of these golfers to play a tougher course this time around in Innisbrook, And he's playing it for the first time. So he's coming off of three straight difficult courses. So it's kind of like this will be an easier version of that. Whereas the other players are, I don't know, maybe used to the, the, the softer, easier conditions of last year's Innisbrook or Valspar championship guy. Hits greens, hits fairways. He got to stay on the fairway here because of the the long rough. He's first in par 3 scoring. There's five par 3s at Innisbrook. It's a par 71. Um, Really killing it in approach 15th in this field. So I'm on Justin. I'm doing .3 units on plus 3,500, .3 on plus 800 for top 5, .3 on top 10 plus 360, and .6 on top 20 plus 180 so. so
1: i'll probably be sinking all my money into tournament this weekend and not watching as much golf so i probably won't be betting much on it um but i can tell you who i'm backing um in our three and done pool as it were where we pick three golfers a week um and you can use each golfer three times and i am on sam burns the two-time defending champion right yep so uh, it's just tough to fade him here. I don't know how you do. I I mean, you could make the case his form is obviously not where it was at the time, but this is kind of where in the season he gets his, his form. And he actually played okay last week, which gives you some hope um, that he found something. And then, you know, coming back to a course where, He's obviously won twice before, uh, ended up shooting a uh, four under in, in the final round on Sunday. So, you know, it's kind of the best form he's had in probably weeks. These are the types of events he tends to win. So it's just, it's hard to fade him here. I'm hoping that other people will fade him based on recency bias, but I suspect he'll be fairly popular as a, as a two-time winner. I'm also on Justin Suh, as you mentioned, so I was happy to hear you say him and give out all the stats. I, I'll just say that, yeah, I have all those stats written down too. But I'll save everyone time by just... You already said them, so why would I repeat them? Um, And then I am on Garrick Higo. Is my sleeper, if you will. Um, I'm a big fan of Higo. And... That's pretty much it. Uh, He's been rounding into form lately. I've been seeing him on more and more leaderboards. And I like where his game's at. I think this is the type of event... Uh, that he can win. I'm not saying he's going to win, but it's definitely the type of event that he can win. So I am. Uh, those are my three and Duns: uh, Sam Burns, Justin Sa, and Garrick Higo.
0: Garrick Higo showed some life last week at the Players. I'll give you that. Um, he finished- he did.
1: I mean, he he has not been good. He ended up finishing three under, uh, tie for 44, which is you know doesn't inspire a ton of confidence, obviously. But it was a, a you know an elevated event. Um, but these smaller events with high score, you know, with low scores, uh, he, he finished third at the Sanderson farms, but yeah, I mean, he's been cut. like, just call this one a gut feeling. I just, I, I like, I like what I saw during the players and an event like this, where you need to go low and you're looking for some value down the board. Uh, I think Higo provides that.
0: I feel like you're going to be sickened by my third pick. I'm frankly sickened by it because.
1: Is it Keegan Bradley?
0: No, no, it's 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 the same ilk though. uh Oh. Gary Woodland.
1: Oh, I love Gary.
0: Really? Okay. Cool. Yeah. I like Gary because he gets angry. Cannot. Yeah, he should be angry. He can't putt to save his fucking no, life. Can't. It's crazy. His putting. He's a major are champion, cool. though. Yeah, at um, at U.S. Open or at he the U.S. Open, Open that's which. Right. Like, there's considering Innisbrook a, a U.S. Open style course because it's tough to hit fairways and long, rough on the, along the fairways. Um, so I like that comp. And he won this event when it was called the Transitions Championship back in, I think, 2000 and,
1: you can't call it that. 2011. They would give it a totally different meaning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 we'll stay out of that one. That's, uh, You're going to leave that one there? Yeah. No, that's Bobby's beat. I don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> a three-time PGA Tour winner, 2019 U.S. champion, won the Valspar when it was called a different name, 2011. So he does have win equity, which is – I just wanted to say all that stuff so I can say win equity. I f- love it. I love saying that. I feel smarter when I say it. Um, he's second for total strokes gained at difficult par 71 courses, 17th in both course history and comp courses. Um, again, his biggest weakness is putting. Dude sucks in Bermuda too. He's dropped an average of four strokes over the last five events on the greens. But his course history and just ball striking is too gnarly to pass up. He's second in good drives, gained third in greens in regulation. First and proximity, plus 200 yards out, which is huge because there's three par threes at longer than 200 yards. There's going to be a lot of iron shots from 200 yards out on uh, these longer par fours, which are the most difficult hole- holes in the course. And bro,
1: if if he gets hot on those, oh, look out.
0: I mean, he needs to because you just can't rely on him getting hot. Oh, I see. You just you just can't rely <laughs> See what on I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but moving forward. Uh you just can't rely on him getting hot with the putter. Like he needs to be hitting it within five feet of the pin. But I think if this course is more difficult and if there's a lower or higher scores, however you want to hear it or however you think about it, um, if this ends at like a minus eight, minus nine, I feel like he could he can do some damage. He can be in contention on the final day. But I say that I've bet him several times and he is, he is lit it up in the first two rounds and just completely yep. shit the bed and on the weekend. That's why I was kind of making the Keegan Bradley cop. He's just a nicer guy. Maybe in your opinion, um, better golf etiquette. What, what's your, why do you hate Keegan and what, like what, Gary? I,
1: Keegan has like, it's funny. They, they kind of look a little bit alike, except Keegan's face is super punchable and Woodland's looks more like just like a dude I would hang out with, like one of my dad's friends. I look at Gary Woodland and he looks like this dude my dad would like hang out and have beers with. I don't know what it is. I've always liked him. I also uh, won that. I, I bet on him to win that US Open and hit it. So it's probably that's <laughs> probably a big. There, big he's <laughs> one of your guys then.
0: He's one of your guys.
1: Yeah, he's one of my that was an early, early bet for me, too.
0: That's how I feel about Sam Burns. I lost with Sam Burns at the Arnold Palmer, but I yeah.
1: could text him for you.
0: <laughs> but it's like, you know, I won last year at Innisbrook with Sam Burns. How mad can I be? I'm still up money with him. He just he just shit the bet at the Arnie Palmer. Um, but all these guys have punchable faces, dude. Like, wait until you see my article for this for for this tournament and the the picture of Justin Rose that I have. Uh uh-uh. uh Looks like he wants to be punched in the head. Um now my final golfer I'm going back to the well with uh Griffin, Ben Griffin. This guy is a phenomenal rookie, one of the best rookies on tour currently. And yeah, he choked, puked all over himself and hole number 18 last week at Sawgrass triple bogey, falling out of the top 20, but he's got the game for this course. If it's a more difficult course, I want to back Griffin because he's third in this field for scrambling. Seventh in sand saves at the um, hole 17, the famous hole 17 in TPAC Sawgrass. He missed the green, put it in the sand, and then hit a birdie from the sand and then went on a triple bogey. So really kind of gave me some some profit blue balls there. It was a three-unit swing, his choke job on 18, but... I think in this weaker field, um, with his game, he's going to really perform well at this course. It's considered more of a Carolina course. He's a a Tar Heel. Uh, Went to UNC. He's played really well here in the Florida Swing. Has picked up five uh, strokes, uh, total strokes, in his first three events in the Florida Swing. Um, All of them at more difficult courses. He's picked up strokes around the green and on the green in all three so, um Ben Griffin, I got him at plus five thousand put a quarter unit on that quarter unit on him to top five at plus a thousand quarter top ten plus four fifty and a half unit on him to um top twenty at plus two twenty five so those are my four horsemen for the Valspar championship. Good stuff, man. I'm looking at head-to-head matchups in DraftKings. I don't think I'm going to get there. I don't like any of these. I can look around at other sports books and write around it if I wanted to, but I don't know. This 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 field isn't as bad as you might think coming off of two back-to-back events, but it doesn't have a lot of juice in my opinion, especially with March Madness. Just shooting it straight for you, keeping it real with you guys. Well, that's,
1: what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm, I like to bet on things I'm going to watch. Right. Like, that's part of the fun for me is I want something to and like how much of this tournament am I going to watch? And especially I'm out of town. We're going to be watching March Madness like I'm not. I'm just not going to be watching much of that, so I'm just not going to put that much that many resources into it. And uh, one other golfer I do like, though, and um, that I'm using in another pool. Is, Vegas. Uh, my, no, my guy Adam Hadwin came through for me last week. This is a good spot for him.
0: Adam Hadwin is going really well. Um, Based on the previews that I've read, you have to score in the par threes and the par fives, and he's top 10 in par five and par three scoring in this field. That's a good look. i got to be honest. I like Hadwin a lot, and I might even use him in our three and done um, because he just goes so well at this course. I think he won back in 2017. He's third on my model. I just can't shake it. I I can't bet Adam had one at twenty five to one. I just I just, I just can't do it. I, I you low. know, like I've been ecstatic to bet this guy at like plus se- plus or uh, seventy to one. Just this is it's too good of a field for him to be this low, in my opinion. And it's not even that good of a field.
1: I mean, there's definitely some talent at the top
0: yeah of the favorites who do you who would you most be willing to bet money on? are you too scarred from justin thomas
1: i mean he was look the favorite I picked last week won so i can't i can't hate on my uh my ability to pick favorites let me uh let me look at the list one more time and just see what jumps out to me oh, freaking, there's thomas sitting there just wanting wanting me to bet him um man, I don't like any of... like Those prices are just so ridiculous for some of these guys. This feels like an event Jordan Spieth could win, though. Yeah. Like, he seems to always let people down in the bigger spots, but this feels like the tournament that he wins and gets everyone excited about Jordan Speeth a couple of weeks before the masters, like coming in hot. He's he performs well like that. This feels like a Jordan Speeth tournament. I would, I would feel okay betting Speeth here at 12 to one
0: by eyeball test. He's just nasty at scrambling. Like that's why I yeah. think he's one of the funnest guys to
1: watch. You'll see him. Yeah. That's why right. And you can never count him out. Cause he hits terrible tee shots. Like for a guy who is once elite, You'll never see anyone hit worse tee shots than, than Jordan Speeth uh, among the game's like, top-level golfers. Like No golfer who will ever be 12-to-1 in any tournament hits worse tee shots than Jordan Speeth hits. I mean, that one he hit a couple weeks ago that went like 170 yards and hit a fence was literally – like the guys on the road was like, that is the worst tee shot I've ever seen a professional golfer hit, like ever, ever. <laughs> and that's not, that's not some rando who you know got in on a Monday qualifier. It's Jordan fucking Spieth.
0: Yeah, three-time major winner.
1: Who's duck hooking it left off the tee?
0: Do you remember how that hole played out? Because he probably saved par. No, he
1: did. He was too far behind, but he still made bogey on what was really tough green to hit.
0: Yeah, for mere mortals, they're shooting a ten.
1: I, well, for mere mortals, he they're like, this is the worst tee shot I've ever seen. I'm like, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> <laughs> i can play from over, i can play from over there that's that's in play baby we're alive
0: <laughs> all right well hopefully you're not hitting from the fence or from the car path on your golf trip thanks man where's Appreciate the it. what's the course you're playing at
1: uh booger mcfarlane hooked me up gonna be playing at his country club for a round we're gonna play at a course called lake hovita for a round and then we're still kind of figuring out probably gonna play around on saturday not sure where yet is booger playing Oh yeah, Is, have you ever golfed with him? Is he good? Many, many times. Uh he's like a mid mid handicapper. He doesn't like keep real score because he doesn't play like competitively at all. Like even and and I say like oh, but like I play somewhat competitively like at my men's club, right? Like I have you know you have to keep score and you have, you play in these tournaments. Like again, I'm not saying I'm a competitive golfer. I just mean most golfers on some. It's like playing rec league basketball. Like usually most golfers, but he just doesn't at all. But if I had to guess I'd say he's somewhere between like a 12 and a 14. What handicap. are you? I'm an 18.
0: Okay. What does that mean exactly?
1: Uh so it's tough with golf because people go like, "Oh, that means that, you know, Justin Thomas would have to give you 18 sh- or like a, a, it the most basic way to describe it is on a nor- on a perfectly average golf course, a scratch golfer would have to give me 18 shots. And that would be considered an even, basically one shot per hole, against a scratch golfer on. But the course you play on determines what the hand like. It it, it ends up being this whole crazy formula that most people don't understand. It's not worth going into. But Understood. that's just the most basic way to boil it down. Is a scratch golfer, which by the way, professional golfers are not scratch golfers. They're like plus handicapped. not like they are plus handicappers. So like a true professional golfer is probably like a plus fifteen handicap whereas I'm a minus 18 handicap.
0: So on just a regular course, they would expect to beat you by 30 shots, 30 plus
1: shots. Yes. But here's the way the handicap thing works too. This is what's interesting. So are you familiar with bowling handicaps? No. So in bowling, it's pretty simple. You add up all your scores and you divide it by the number of games played. That's your average. Real easy. You bowl a 200, a 205, and a 210. Your average is 205. In golf, the golf handicap system is designed to get you at your best. So theoretically, when you take your handicap and back it out of your score, you should only shoot even par once every five rounds. So it's not like, whereas with bowling, your handicap should always essentially equal about the same number. Your score plus your handicap should equal the same number every game. Golf doesn't work that way. It's 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 designed to measure you at basically at your best, because like they'll take your last twenty scores and only your best five of those twenty even count towards your average. So it's not even like you say like oh Justin Thomas would be expected to beat you by thirty shots. Like no, on like my best day and his worst day because they go in the other direction. So okay,
0: all right. Now, is there any way to verify your handicap? Or is
1: it just like honor system? No, it's there there's something called a gin, the golf handicap indic Indi number something. The I stands for something. It's, it's a that a thing. like a you website? Is like a social media site? It's a website. You could go plug my name. As long as you know the golfer's name in their state, I believe you can pretty much look anybody up. No shit.
0: That's awesome.
1: As long as they have an active like Gin number, which anybody who belongs to any sort of club would have. Most again, most people who play at all competitively will have a gin. And that's, you know, that's the standardized measured system that, that's used. And you can so like I can look up what my handicap is at specific courses based on because like again, some courses are harder than others, right? So that's why the handicap moves. It's not 18 at every course, because you know, if you're gonna play TPC sawgrass versus, you know, your local Muni. Obviously, TPC Sawgrass is harder. So, for sure, yeah, your handicap's going to be based on the course as well. Like the, for example, at Booger's course, I'm a twenty-five. That's my handicap there. So it's seven shots harder than in, than that perfectly average course.
0: How much tougher is Booger's course than like Innisbrook, or or how much easier?
1: Yeah, so at courses like that, I think I've plugged in like what would I be at Beth Page Black, for example, and I'm like a <laughs> thirty-eight there.
0: It would be Although tough was, for you to get out of that rough, huh?
1: Well, so the handicap system also, you you can't max yourself out by having really bad scores on a hole. The max you can even take on a hole is double bogey, your handicap plus – or double bogey plus your handicap. So if I'm getting two shots on a hole, like let's say it's a par five, once I hit nine, like that's it. I'm done.
0: You don't even have to put the ball in the hole?
1: If you're playing competitively, you do, but your handicap will not count it for for handicap purposes. You got a nine on that hole, even if you make a fourteen.
0: Do you always put the ball in the hole? And I'm saying that because, like, I I was watching when some, you
1: play competitively, you have to, yes.
0: But I'm, even if you don't, like, don't you want to? Like, I saw I, I watched the no laying up um, YouTube show, them breaking down Ennis yesterday when I was doing my course research, and he hit it really close to the hole um with a putt and just like i don't know took it off the took it off the green and like just marked it as a make but like i don't know maybe i'm just being like a new but i personally want to see it go in the hole i don't care if it's two feet away and i know i'm gonna make it like i want to do it and i want to put it in there
1: yeah i mean once you've done it enough times it sort of loses that it's like all right that's good or like so a lot of times it's it's pace of play right like your buddies would be like pick it up because like let's keep going that's a waste of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So part of it becomes like, especially depending on how busy. If the course is busy, it's like, dude, pick your ball up. Let's go. That's that's good.
0: No, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because mm-hmm. if
1: you miss it, that's a, like, now let's say you blow it five feet by. Now you've got another putt. Like, now you're wasting. If you're Keegan Bradley, you're going to be on that green forever. Dude,
0: I'm going to mark it.
1: <laughs> look at it. <laughs> go on the other side of the hole. I got to teach you golf. We'll go play golf sometime. I'll fly out to the west coast, we'll play some golf
0: We don't have any golf courses out here, so you're shit out of luck Oh uh, uh, no <laughs> Alright, uh, well I gave you guys a lot of podcast content Me and Dan Z did Please check out our March Madness 2023 Betting breakdown uh, With the homie Grayson Weir That was a lot of good content Gave out a ton of picks, a lot of arguments Dan just being a real Just ball buster As Dan Z's one knew. Uh, I'm
1: mad at Grayson because I asked him to make me a graphic today for one of my stories, and he was like, "I have other stuff to do," and I was like, "Bro, GTFO."
0: <laughs> oh, that's what that was. You had an you had an, uh, an axe to grind. You used my podcast to do it. Well,
1: <laughs> well I also hate that analysis on, especially on tournament games. They get hot from three. They can make some noise. Like, yeah, no shit. No
0: shit. You jumped down Everyone, his throat in the analysis. He gave three minutes of good analysis, and then— But then he
1: followed it with the most cliche thing you can say about a tournament game.
0: Yeah. That's kind of how I, I like, feel when people talk about, like, well, if this guy's not healthy, then it's like, well, you're supposed to I'm, handicap I'm, it and bet it one way
1: or the other. What have you always said, dude? I make you sharper. Whether it's—it's just it's not just in betting. Like, I'm trying to make your broadcasting sharper. Like, I got that producer brain, and I, my producer brain kicked in. Like, don't say that. I bet he doesn't say that again.
0: Yeah, well we'll see. We guys probably aren't gonna do a (laughs) podcast again.
1: Yeah, we will. (laughs) Grayson's my boy. Yeah,
0: Grayson's the man. All right. Well, uh, best of luck, homies, on your Valspar bets and March Madness. It's a hell of a sports weekend. I'll see you guys out there. Follow my stuff on outkick.com backslash betting. Follow Danzi at Outkick. Danzi on Twitter and at Outkick.com. This guy's writing up a bunch of stuff. Seems like your focus mostly on the 2023 NFL draft, right?
1: Yeah, a lot of NFL, a lot of NFL draft. Um, I got to redo my mock draft now because the damn Panthers traded up, and now they're already saying they might trade back. So, who the hell knows, man? Nobody knows anything. That's what I've learned.
0: We'll be doing an NFL draft betting podcast eventually, but Love that. there's so much draft talk, and I was like, kind of, I was getting anxious about it. I was like, oh my god, I have to start this draft prep. I got to six like, weeks. Yeah, it's April twenty seventh. It's just like, wait six a weeks. second, like, yeah, we I don't care about away. this shit right now.
1: No, it's funny the the bachelor party trip I'm going on is for my buddy's wedding, which is on NFL draft weekend. Like, that's how far away it still is.
0: Are you going to the bachelor
1: party and not the uh, wedding? <laughs> that's be so hilarious. I, I didn't real. I actually, you know how like dudes work, right? Like, I got an invite in the mail. Like, I went to go get fitted for my suit because I'm in the wedding, and she's like, "When is it?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." <laughs> Am I supposed to know? I happened to look at the date like last week and I was like, oh my God, that's day two of the draft. I might have to work. Like I'm out kicks draft guy. Like how am I going to be at a wedding during the second and third rounds of the draft? Like at least it's the second and third. It's not the first round. I definitely am going to have to cover the first round. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
0: All right, homies. Peace out. I'll be talking to you, I don't know, tomorrow, or next week, eventually. Some gambling shit later. Peace. Peace.